Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Victor Mark Show. Joining me today is Pastor Miles Benedictus. You guys, he's a friend, a colleague, and I think God has placed me in your life at just the right times to help you on your journey, which is always a privilege and an honor, and we should. We should be helping people who are helping us and turning around and helping those people who are right behind us on the trail on our side. So he's pastor of Cross Connection Church in Escondido, California. Now, you're a graphic designer, podcaster, and a writer, and he created the listening plan, which helps subscribers listen to this, hear chapters of the New Testament, and then provides a short devotion to accompany it. That's really good. You know what? Where can they go to find that? Thelisteningplan.com. Made it easy. Love it. Thelisteningplan.com. Well, you guys, Pastor Miles is a board member for Blue Letter Bible, Enduring Word, and the Cross Connection Outreach. You can learn more about him at thelisteningplan.com and then find his podcast. That's really what triggered us to get you on the show is uh, your podcast at pastormiles.com. It was just incredible how you touch on this issue of masculinity and Christianity. And as a, a teaching professor at a Bible college, You've, for long enough, you've seen really a change in what we're producing as far as young men. Now, we're not here to rag on you, young man, but this is a time and a place where we at All Things Possible Ministries and our Leadership Training Center, we want to help equip those who want to, who want more, who are saying, look, you know, I want more masculinity. I want to understand better you know, my manhood. I want to find my manhood. And then so they're really finding their identity in Christ. And just touching on yesterday, which if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, please go back. Remind us, there was a situation where you were talking to a few young men and you had to take a stand and challenge them on a position they were taking. Can you tell our audience that again? Yeah, teaching through the scriptures in a Bible college setting or even a church setting. I uh, had the privilege of being able to do both for a very long time now. But in a Bible college setting, you know, you're you're taking people through the scriptures to teach them doctrine, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament. And when you do that, you, you have to, just as we see in the New Testament, teach the whole counsel of God. And what that means is sometimes you're going to come to passages that talk about turning the other cheek and resisting not violence and resisting not evil. And those are challenging passages to wrestle with. But then you're also going to come into passages like what we find in many of the Old Testament passages. Like Isaiah is one of the classes I taught probably seven times through the entire book at a Bible college setting. And you read of God challenging his people for not defending the defenseless. Mm. And as a result of that, I had a conversation with a group of students who they had a hard time with that teaching about standing up in the place of or on behalf of those that are defenseless and defense, defending them. And they said, well, how does that jive with what we read in the New Testament? And so, so that's where the conversation came in. And my challenge to them was that a lot of times when I meet people who are ardently for 
pacifism and nonviolence and what they'll say the way of Jesus, oftentimes I don't think that they are wrestling with what the other passages of scriptures have to say. And, and sometimes I think that it's spoken out of cowardice. And of course, people don't like to be called a coward. But right. I have found, having trained in martial arts, that if you don't know how to defend yourself, then you're going to probably rightly have a concern. Would I be able to defend myself if it came down to that? Or not just defend myself. I mean, you can take the position and say, I'm going to be nonviolent. Perfectly fine if you want to do that, so much as it depends upon you. But if you're in a situation and you see someone being taken advantage of, beat up, you better be able to intervene if it's in the power of your hand to do so. Because if it is in the power of your hand to do so and you don't do it, I think God will hold you accountable for that. Now, those are hard words, but good. And you know what? A couple of things I'd say. I, I believe there's two types of cowards, right, uh, in humanity. One, the person that just because of fear, they do nothing. They don't do the right thing. And it doesn't, we're talking about physical right now, but it, it man, it can be in a lot of things, you know, uh, because of fear, peer pressure, the fear of man, the fear of being injured, whatever. It holds them back where they should have said or done the right thing. And God can strengthen and challenge us. I've been in a lot of situations. I'm trying to fan through my little Rolodex of stories that might be appropriate. But I think of one where a guy came into my martial arts school. It was in Hawaii, challenged me to fight, just walked right in and, you know, wanted to get it on. And I never forget, I just finished sparring to my black belts. And he was like, I'm here to challenge you. I said, oh, really? He says, I saw you on TV. And, you know, da-da-da. And he was bothered by a few things. One, my Christian stance. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't adhere to it. So he wanted to fight me. And his instructor actually followed him in. And, you know, was sitting back there. It was like a kung fu movie. And... Uh, this was a young guy, you know, and probably would have been a fun little dance, but I was like, so what What do I benefit if I fight you right now? He goes, well, you can say you whoop me. And I was like, I got scar tissue older than you, young man. I don't need that feather in my cap. I said, what are you getting out of this? Well, I get to say that I, you know, beat you, and I want to be in it for the moment. I said, the moment? Okay, well. I said, is there any other way out of this where we both can retain some dignity, especially you? Because I said, I'm a little bit older than you now and can't say that I can just handle you without hurting you. Maybe I used to. I used to could slap guys around and but if you're pretty skilled, I kind of have to up my ante. And I said, I'd, I'd rather not fight. And he goes, well, and I got him to sit down. We were sitting down side by side, which was good. His instructor couldn't stand it. He goes, if you yield to me, then that works. I said, what, what do you mean yield? He says, just say you yield. I said, "That just say I yield? He goes, yeah. I said, okay, I yield. Man, he snapped up, jumped up, did a bow to me. He said, thank you, sir. And I said, I think you were more worried than I was, young man. Boom. Walked out. Yeah. His instructor was mad. Another situation, guy came in and attacked me physically. He was a professional fighter, came in. Scrappy, dude. 
And honestly, I, I couldn't have beat him in a ring fight. He was lit. And boom, 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 we started throwing. We engaged. And, you know, I don't know. We, we probably went minute, 90 seconds, which ain't bad. But I ended up having to put my thumb in his eye. And um, it hurt his feelings and stopped him from wanting to try to hurt me. And I think that's that's a great example of I had to use force to stop his violence, especially in front of a kid's class. It was out of place violence. And and I believe there's a place. And that's where I want to, you know, pivot in a minute to men of war. Mm-hmm. So uh, on those situations, do you see the balance of turning the other cheek, using verbal judo to disarm somebody? And then sometimes, well, you just got to put a thumb in somebody's eye. Yeah, I, I'm i sure you've seen this because you've trained a lot of people in martial arts for a lot of years. And every person that I know that gets to, let's say, a moderate belt rank in martial arts, any martial art, every single one of those guys I've ever sparred with, trained with, they're not looking for a fight. They are not bullies. They're not intending to go out and pick a fight, but they will... They will stand up for other people if need be. They understand, even if they don't understand the biblical concept or they couldn't articulate the doctrine, they understand the idea of meekness, which is a strength under control. Power under control. It's a sword in the sheath, but it's a person who knows how to wield that sword in that situation. And it takes great self-control, which is a fruit of the spirit, to be able to control yourself and not trigger into that place of, you know, using force in a violent way that would push to the place of being wrong, immoral. So how do you maintain that in a just position? And that's a challenging place to be in. And I'm not a person who's ever looking for a fight. If I never got in a fight, I'd be perfectly fine with that. But, you know, I use the example in the episode of my Coffee Time, you know, video that's on YouTube. I use the example in the one that you were referencing of I was driving down the street in the town that I live in a number of years ago. And it was the afternoon, and I remember exactly where I was, even though it was years ago. And I see these two guys, um, probably 19, 20 years old. They are getting ready to start pounding on this other guy about the same age, and they start pounding on him. And it's the middle of the day. There's cars all over the place. It's not in a secluded place. It's right in the middle of town. And I pulled right over, jumped out of the car. And at the time, I had no idea, what am I going to do? I just knew impulse-wise, I'm not going to let this guy get beat up. And as soon as they saw me jump out of the car, the two guys that were wailing on him took off running. Cowards. Yeah, yeah. There was no one else to defend this guy. And so, you know, I may not have known what to do in that instance, or I didn't have a plan on what I was going to do. I just responded. But I knew I wasn't going to let this guy get beat up. And if I had to, I was going to jump into the middle of it and stop it. And um, so I think that we need to be prepared yes. to be able to do that. And, and I'm fascinated to see, and this is a, a thing that is a challenge for a lot of Christians in Western world in America, we have watched as the church has not been very effective over the last, well, during my time in ministry, I've had the chance of pastoring, whether in youth ministry or now pastoring a church for a total of over 20 years. And during that period of time, I have watched as we have been as a church, not very effective in reaching a generation of young men that are my age and younger. I'm I'm 41. And I would suggest that part of the reason is that we are not leading people in what it is to be a man or a woman of God in a, in a positive sense of what the Bible has to say. And at the same time, you know, you mentioned a little while ago, Joe Rogan, 
At the same time, we see people who are amassing huge audiences who have a different narrative. And, uh, you know, among the things that I am privileged to be able to do, I work as a fire chaplain with the fire department here in Escondido. And I remember I was having a conversation with a guy who he's an avowed atheist, and yet he grew up Catholic. And one of the reasons he left the church was because of some of these things that have to do with not being able to defend yourself. And now he has a, a new form of church, a church that is led by podcasts like guys like Joe Rogan or you know, go down the list of these guys and his community is the guys that he does jujitsu with. Right. And so if we in the church are able to articulate a correct narrative, which is a balance of not being a bully, but also being able to stand, I, I think that that's a narrative that people are wanting to hear. I agree. And you know, there's, I was saying earlier, there's two types of cowards. There's one, they'll do nothing. And two is two guys jumping on a guy for no reason. Right. And those are extremes. They've tipped the power scales. They have the ability. Yeah. Yeah. But let one man jump out of a car, you know, coming at them, then, whoa, uh, their cowardice is exposed. So I hear this a lot from active duty, special operations people, people in the military, retired who, you know, they've lived a different life. For instance, Colonel Teagues, my COO, he's got a thousand missions, right? and was in Delta as an operator. And I mean, our teams are made up of guys who've done a lot of hunting and killing bad guys, monsters, not accidental. These were truly monsters. And, you know, one time I asked him, I just got back from Iraq and it was a hard pump. We had done a lot of work with kids and women. There was a lot of fighting going on and we found ourselves in the middle of it. And, you know, I asked him, I said, do you miss killing bad people? And he said, absolutely. He, he didn't even hesitate. He said, yes. I said, why? He goes, because I was good at it. How, how do you balance that with your Christianity? He goes, he thought about it for a minute and he goes, I believe God has given me a gift of extreme violence mm. when fighting evil. I said, I understand that because there's a time when evil manifests and the, the only thing left to do is to use violence against it physically or through weapons or whatnot. It's, it's a reality. And uh, you saw evil manifesting when two guys are going to beat this guy. They could have killed him, broke his jaw, certainly, you know, wreck him. And, I think that men who've been to war combat served in the military over these last 20 years, because we've been in war that long. Most pastor don't feel comfortable in a church because maybe their tongue is salty. Maybe they're going to, they drop the F bomb. They're just, you know, and they don't mean anything by it. They'll be polite in front of women, but around guys, they'll be like, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden they're like, Everybody's looking like, oh, he just touched the Holy Grail. How do we accept guys into a church gathering? And the second thing is, I, I think it can be off-putting to have a guy who served in the military and has combat experience, and yet he's at the door handing out bulletins to people coming in, smiling. 
unless he's doing security and checking people, you know, where he feels more comfortable. So those are that's some of my thoughts right there. And I know people are listening, going, I want to know what he's going to say because it's true. I'd rather go to a jujitsu class because I don't feel comfortable in a church and I feel like they're trying to conform me into a pastor up on the platform who's wearing skinny jeans and, you know, telling me about stuff. He, he has no clue. And it's a great point. I think that when I interact with some guys who have combat experience or they are in law enforcement, I have a lot of good friends in law enforcement. First responder. Yeah. And when I interact with those guys who are believers, in fact, I was just having a conversation not too long ago with a guy who he is a, and this is one of the people that, that, that I look up to. Mm. Um, he is the head detective of a family crime unit within our police department, the worst place to be. Wow. And, and this guy, this is not a guy you'd want to spar with. Right. I mean, he's probably six foot five, you know, 290 pounds, big guy. And, and I've told him a couple of times, I don't know how you do it. You go into these, some of the most horrible situations you could imagine. You have a weapon on your side. And you do not take justice into your own hands. Mm-hmm. He recognizes there's a justice system, and he's going to make sure that he puts the key, case together the best way so that those people that they are prosecuting are going to be put away for a long time. But, you know, this is a guy who he shared with me. He lives in a different town than I do. And he said, you know, I was a part of this church. And then they started going on and on and on about, you know, what I call the great awakening. Ooh, that's good. And speaking about these things in a very negative light. And he's going, I'm a cop. I'm sitting in this place and I'm, go- I'm wondering, do I have a place in this body where they're saying that, you know, basically what I do is not something that should be done. Wow. And, and I, I say, no, you're a minister of God for his justice. Yes. And you should be in that position that God has placed you and to recognize that that's an important place to be. But I, I know there are plenty of guys that I've interacted with who they were in the Marines. I mean, I'm 25 minutes away from Camp Pendleton. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're either in the Navy or they were in the Marines or they're in, you know, you go down the list of these various things. And I have some friends who are former Navy SEALs. And, you know, when you interact with these guys, they kind of wonder, is there a place for me within the church? And I say, well, absolutely. David had a lot of mighty men of valor who were in God. That's good. And so recognizing that that is an important place. And as I've said, and I, I can't say it enough, every one of these guys that I've talked to, they don't look forward to war. They don't look forward to a fight necessarily, but they would they would engage it if they had to. And, you know, on this point, I mean, I don't know when this will air, but, you know, just this week we've witnessed the whole thing in Boulder, Colorado yep. and shooting there. And one of the men who died in that was a police officer who ran into the face of danger because he knew everybody else is running away, but he ran into the face of danger and he gave his life because he saved lives because of he it. Saved lives. that's right. Absolutely. And, and I've seen that time and time again. These guys who are in first responder situations or they're in the military, they're the ones who will run into battle. I work with firefighters. They will run into the fire when everybody else is running away. And that's because they have strength. They have courage. And they, they have a plan on what to do. They know what to do, how to engage. And they won't, you know, some of these guys that I have that are friends of mine that are police officers, you would never know they're a police officer outside the job. Right. And uh, they're not looking for a fight. But- if it comes, they're the kind of person that you'd call on and you'd hope they're there. Yeah. And you know what, Pastor Miles, we need to restore honor to that office. And I love the phrase you use, a minister of justice. Hey, you're, a, you're in law enforcement. You're in the military. You're, you're in a place of 
helping to stop evil, put evil away. You are a minister of justice, and we need that. And remember, Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers, you know, because you are. And it's never about the killing or taking of life. It's about saving it. And there's a great price that many pay for stepping into those places where others won't go. And that's why we it's important to show honor to these men and women who who will and have done the hard thing to run toward the chaos to bring order. You can do it in your church, pastor, wherever you are, by uh, having a men's group. And if somebody pops off at the mouth, calm down. If they want to light up a cigarette, great. If you smell alcohol in their breath, ask them what they're drinking. Don't put people down. Accept them where they're at. And then don't try to conform them into you for cornflakes. Let them be who Jesus made them to be because that's what matters. This has been great. I have enjoyed our time, this second show. And I'm, I'm going to have you back on here because this is just too easy. But I have to ask you in our final moments, I ask our guests two questions, every guest. All right. Uh, same question, no wrong answer. But the first is perception. Now, obviously, we've known each other for many, many years. So, you know, Eileen and I. But what is your perception of us, my wife and I, and what we do, this ministry? You know, one thing I've always known about you since you and I met, and when you and I met, All Things Possible, Victor Marks Ministries was was not what it is right now. It was just kind of getting started. And, and I remember going with you into a youth prison to share the gospel. And, and what I know about you is that you're the same person, whether you're on a stage or you are, you know, rolling on a mat or you are in a youth prison or you're at home with your wife and kids. And you're the guy who, if I needed anything, I could call. And, and I know that you've been there for me and my, my wife, my family, and a number of times when I said, Hey, you know, we, we need some help and you're there. And so, you know, I look at you as a guy I can call on in a moment. And if it was in the power of your hand to help, you would. And so I've always appreciated that for sure. And so that's my perception, a man who loves his wife. And when I see Eileen, I see a woman who is a beautiful woman who could brutalize someone if she had to. <laughs> and uh, True. although I don't know, I don't imagine that she's willing or she's ready to do that she doesn't want to have to do that but she would if she had to and i i much appreciate that brother thank you for the kind words it's that now that is humbling to hear that and uh i will seek by the goodness of god to continue to live that way last question we're all gonna die so what happens to miles benedictus when he dies and why do you believe that Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. I just recorded a Coffee Time episode that went up this morning, and and I said, my aim and my hope is to hear Christ say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in little things. And the work that Jesus said, John chapter 6, this is the work of God that you believe on him, whom he has sent. So I've put my trust in Jesus. Can't trust in myself. Can't trust in my good works. I've trusted in Christ, and I trust that he will bring me to be with him. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Were it not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. 
And, uh, you know, he is the way, the truth, and life. I've trusted in him. And so I look forward to the day when I stand before him, and I hope to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So until then, I'm going to try to be faithful by God's grace, by his power, by his spirit. I love it. It can't be said better. We're talking about the surety of salvation. You guys, please check out PastorMiles.com, that podcast we keep referring to, Coffee Time. The opening's a little weak. It's a little long, little, I think, too much cream in the coffee. But actually, somebody told me, man, I wanted a cup of that. Uh, I joke. I joke. I love, look, there you go. It's coffee time. I, this I, one is called Subtly Sweet. It's just like me, Subtly Sweet. <laughs> well, PastorMiles.com, go sign up for that podcast. And then also, honestly, go to TheListeningPlan.com. Subscribe for that daily devotion where you can hear it. Look, you know, I'm always honest, try to be, get myself in trouble, but you know, I do have TBI. It's it for my life and things I've gone through and overseas stuff. So reading can be a struggle at times for me, but listening is not. I love to listen. And please, I just urge you to grow in your faith. And if you struggle with reading, that's okay. Go put on audio ears and you will grow. So Pastor Miles, thank you for being on the show uh, yesterday and today. And I look forward to uh, one, having you on the program again, and two, Let's do some training for young men, either out in Escondido or get you out here at the uh, Leadership Training Center. Love to do it. Hey, wherever you are listening to this, we appreciate y'all. You can find out more about what we do at victormarks.com. And you know what? Wherever God has you, whatever lane you're running in, go get it done. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.